Here we go. Let's do that. And ready, go. Hey, guys. What's going on? It's Nate Elmore, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Thanks, bro. Yeah, no problem. Stop. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur jeff smith Matt rose thank you so much for being on vroom vroom veer and welcome to the show how's it going i'm good thanks jeff thank you so much for having me hey uh i heard you on the social sidekick podcast with our mutual friend Lori, and uh, yes. you were amazing I, I had too. to reach out to Laurie because, yeah, when I heard her on somebody else's podcast, I was like, oh, my God, I need to talk to you. Really? And, wow. Yeah. Okay. So she's she comes across as an introvert. Is that what it is? I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the similar way to me, like I don't think we, we come across as necessarily shy, but right. we have that, that whole energy balance thing going on no for sure so before we get too deep into this convo we have to talk about your stuff so you are cat rose and your website is the creative introvert.com so tell us a little bit about what's going on over there and what you what you're doing yeah well it started just as a blog about the experiences that i was having um with marketing i mean at the time i started it i was still doing I was making pet portraits, basically, as well as doing some freelance design, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling with as much as I knew what to do in terms of, you know, oh, I know I need to like tweet this many times a day and all of this (laughs) other marketing stuff. I was just finding it really hard, especially when somebody just asked me the simple question, like, what is it that you do? And um, I found that networking events, anything that involved um, in-person kind of meetings that involve more than one person, I just was really struggling with. And I was noticing that a lot of other creatives also had this struggle. Um, and yeah, as, as soon as I kind of worked out what an introvert was and kind of started proclaiming that I had introversion as if it was like this lifelong illness, um, <laughs> it, I started realizing that I was not alone. And um it was through blogging and setting up a Facebook group, which ultimately came the League of Creative Introverts, this membership site, that I kind of started connecting um, and sharing what I'd learned about dealing with my introversion in this weird marketing space where you've, or you're, you've got your work out there and you just need to be able to talk about it and um, just, just managing it in a way that feels good to you and your personality types um yeah you've actually made me you know i've when i listen to you and laurie chat about especially the marketing things Mm. um like i went to the first podcast movement in dallas in 2014 and i had the same feeling that you guys got when you went to big marketing things like just super drained now, yeah. I had been to smaller, more like personal development kind of events. And in, in that space, 
I was like very extroverty, right? I was happy to be there and not shy and just loving the whole scenario. But when you get mm. into these, like, I don't even know, thousand plus sorts of situations where most people are there to spend 30 seconds to figure out whether or not they can make money from you. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like really like icky. I don't know. I need a new strategy for if I want to go to one of those. <laughs> I think this is it. And I think more and more people are kind of seeing through that and they yeah. don't want the same old thing and they're starting yeah. to see patterns and just as much basically I, I think we're all quite torn because you know we're given these strategies and we're like well if you just follow these steps then you will have success okay right. and I'm all for that but then then I get like halfway and I'm like oh this doesn't feel so good right is this you what I'm meant to be doing bit. yeah right and then you're thinking oh but if I don't do it the way they said it then like it will all be like it, it won't work um whereas right. I've started to experiment more and not necessarily discount all of these things like i'm getting really into uh facebook live and okay. live video right purely because it was what was connecting me with other people like i was watching people and thinking huh i really get them i wonder if i tried that then people would get me mm. and it was hard but it i think it's well i wouldn't say like it's working like this crazy you right. know, that's game but yeah, it doesn't yeah. make you feel sick. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and even the, the struggle in itself of actually getting yeah. out there, it felt like, no, this is, this feels like a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's scary, but mm -hmm. it's not icky. Right, yeah, right, right. And I think we, we should step out and, and see that there's a difference here between just thoroughly icky, which is something you definitely never want to do versus yeah. stretching yourself and feeling that that pain of growth which we mm. all need to do right <laughs> there's there's yeah. this, and you know but that's something that I've just learned by reading a book that uh, about uh doubling down on skills and then coming up with a deliberate practice sort of habit you know yeah yeah what book was that out of curiosity what's that oh what's the name uh, of the book yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Uh, Cal Newport. Cal Newport. Oh, you've, you've heard of it. <laughs> well, I, I, I've got it on my bookshelf and I'm like, I meant to read that. But uh, uh, yes, yes. I, I love that. Read. Everything I've. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and everything I've heard about it, I think that really makes sense. It's like, um, what are your innate strengths that right people kind of like see in you but sometimes you can't even see them yourself and right. um it's those things that i mean yeah it, it, even for me recently i've um got a coach who has pointed out some things that i was like no really and he's like right. no really no really <laughs> <laughs> really helpful and that's it why another reason why i'm kind of encouraging people to sort of you know a coach mentor whatever it is just a a kind of neutral friend because I think even our friends right. don't see it's this a stuff. it's a it's a, a a person that you hire to be uh extra honest with you yes about yes. you and your stuff which used to be the domain of therapy and that's way more mm. expensive than a coach but here's the deal that I like about the Cal Newport book is it it sort of like reverses the um let's see here <clears throat> find your passion and then you'll always be happy. It's sort of, you know, it that's great 
if it works. But most mm. people just kind of get lost in saying, what's my passion? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like me, yeah. You know, instead of just going with what you're good at, which is much easier, you know, because, uh, you know, you've already got something that you're good at. Well, exactly. And I right. think this is a problem that I think creatives in particular, and I, I'm kind of talking about uh, creativity in general, but specifically like Design, I, I see it a lot in, in the visual arts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've grown up like loving drawing, right. but, and it's not that some of us aren't, I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> like, sure. Basically, I, I, I was fine. Like I could draw some, some stuff and whatever, but could I turn that? Um, into a business and like it was tough and then I because of how difficult that was it kind of sucked the fun out of it and right, I realized right, oh, actually right, this right, right. isn't even though this is like a skill that I, I'm, I'm pretty good at um, and I do enjoy maybe I don't want to make that into a business and maybe my the way I serve people is in a completely different way and getting honest with myself over that was um I guess that was like an ongoing thing, but it, yeah, it was definitely a process. Yeah. You know, and I've heard that one too before. It's like, <clears throat> it's, it's, I think, have you ever heard of a guy named Derek Sivers? Uh, I love him. Yeah. yeah. He sent out, uh, uh, you know, one of his famously short emails <laughs> and, uh, and, and he pointed at, first it was a blog post and then at the end it was, oh, by the way, real, read this Cal Newport book. But his <laughs> idea was, was. Find a thing, right, that you're really good at and make that your job, but don't make mm -hmm. it the thing that fills your soul. Just make it the thing that you, you know, don't necessarily hate, but just pays your bills, right? Yeah. And then, and then keep the other thing as a hobby and don't make it make money, you know? And I thought, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's it almost like asking like one person to be everything to you, right? That's what if, if you try to marry this passion with making money, because at the end of the day, you got to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're going to do something, you know, to get money. You have to do. You and just, you can draw as many of those like concentric circles as you want. But sometimes there isn't just this perfectly aligned thing at the right, center. Exactly. Sometimes we have to have right. like, I, I mean, I'm all for having like, you know, your eggs in a few baskets. Um, right. And right, it right, might right. be that some of them don't make any money and those are the passion projects, but don't call them a business. <laughs> exactly. Um, if they're not, yeah, it, it's, right. it's a hard truth. I think the internet kind of tries to sell us the view that everything, you know, do what you love and everything will turn out yeah, like rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, it's um, right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> another thing I was recently... Um, well, I kind of was reminded. I think uh, it's covered a lot in that book, the Emeth. The Emeth. Oh, right, the Emeth um, revisited. Yes, that's the one. And it's the idea that I think there was a woman who was like baking bread or something, and she, oh yeah, she, she had a bakery, but realised that she just wanted to bake the bread. She didn't want to own a business. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it can yeah. be the other way around. Right, right, right. It's it's really interesting. I mean, I I worked out a while ago that I was not cut out for an office job. And just working for anyone but myself becomes like it just this inner turmoil, like regardless mm. of the task at hand, mm -hmm. probably some psychological issues there I should <laughs> work on. But, you know, and I think whereas the idea of like yeah. everything that comes with being an entrepreneur and like growing a business and kind of 
creating stuff from thin air, that really appeals to me. Mm. Uh, and, and it doesn't bother you to stay home all day and not oh, interact no. with people. Well, this is, again, it's another introvert thing. Like, yeah. oh my God, I'm in my like paradise in so my own little... <laughs> tell us a story, if you don't mind, about how, like the last time you worked in an office and, 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 and how... How, how you felt icky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because so, that I would mean, be interesting to me. Caveat this by saying, like, there wasn't anything wrong. This is, I think this is the tricky thing, because mm-hmm. it was clear that the other people in the office were having a fine time. Right. And as far as I knew, maybe they were also having this in a... Well, they're all pretending but, to a certain yeah. degree. Right. And, and, but the thing is, on paper, I had this great design job, and I was working in London and living my little dream. At least that's what I'd been told was my dream yeah um and i just found that you know from the get-go i would pretty much feel drained after the first couple of hours of the day and you know i'd be like okay well i'm hungry it's lunchtime but (laughs) the rest of the afternoon like i would just get like progressively more drained and basically inefficient um Mm. i was a pretty hard worker but i just couldn't understand why I couldn't maintain that level of energy. Um, going home on the commute, you know, I would be so frustrated. I mean, there were times that I would just go home in tears. And for no particular reason, it was just like, I think, sheer exhaustion. And mm. I mean, come on, like just being in a, in a busy, I don't know if you've been to London, but the underground in London is is pretty intense at rush right. hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just all of that, um, and I didn't really want to complain because I was like, well, people do this like how am I not able to do this thing that everyone else can do um and and I kind of just boil it down to me being the spoiled youngest child (laughs) you know for for a good few years I stuck it out but um finally how long did you stick it out I think it was three years three years um, just over three years yeah um and then I quit and I think my my offer was, can I just go down to like three or four days a week? I just can't do the five days. Mm-hmm. That wasn't doable. Um, but I, so I, so I quit and I thought like, okay, I'll give myself six months to try freelancing. Okay. Um, and that worked out really well for me. I just loved having that kind of control of, over my time. Of course, it's definitely not something that <laughs> I think everyone um you know, I wouldn't say they cut out for because I think anyone can do anything basically. But I would it's say whether that or not suit. you feel good about you know the whole exactly. Scenario. Yeah. And like the downsides to freelancing stuff, like just the whole uncertainty thing, mm. I can deal with that pretty well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I get bored very easily, so it suits me down to the ground. Whereas being in that office and having the same thing every day, mm-hmm. um, and just you know, it's like an open plan space as well. So all of this stuff, um, there's no privacy. Sort of, it's just. Right. Exactly. And the constant kind of distractions, I think, just wasn't helpful for me. I think right. another thing with introverts, like, I think we, we really thrive when we are allowed to just focus on what, some, one thing. I think mm. most people do. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not um, the easiest. And it wasn't an easy decision either because the people I work with were lovely. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. I, I went through like essentially the opposite of your experience. So I must be an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent like the last two, say like, say like from 2011 until about uh, the summer of last year, um, trying to stay home and do stuff online and make money. Mm. Uh, it never worked out. Nobody wanted to buy anything, right? But... 
Um, I never really wanted to sell anything either. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the key here is the introvert extrovert thing. It was driving me nuts to not be around people. So it's like the opposite. So when I went and got a job in August, right. And I would go to the office from nine to five. And then just what I call that, I call that like herd exposure, you know, getting on the bus and then being downtown and being in an office. It was like a warm bath for my brain. I was like, (laughs) oh, thank you. (laughs) It was like the exact opposite of what you just described. I didn't really give a shit about what happened. You know, I, I wasn't really even working. I was just there to be there in case somebody needed help. Now, eventually that gets boring. But for the first month, I was just happy mm-hmm. to be out of the house. Interesting. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, I just don't understand. No, but I, I, I get you. And I do think that um, one thing I have noticed is that if I'm just pretty much on my own for my limit is three days. And I've experimented this when I've done solo travel. Um after about three days is when I really need like some proper like in-depth human interaction. And that isn't just like going to a shop and ordering coffee, which, right. you know, it gives not you the a same. little dose. Yeah. Yeah. You're, um, you're in the one, herd, right? There's exactly. probably not lions going to eat you. <laughs> um, totally abandoned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I think for freelancers who do have that problem, um, I mean, it's something that I did this year, but, more for networking reasons um, is joining a co-working space. Right, um, right, right, right. So just, right. yeah, taking your work to an office like that. Um, for sure. It's really helpful. Yeah. No, I I, I kind of figured that out while I was still in it, right? That yeah. I just had no idea how much better it would feel to get out and just have that nine to five was just... Now, like I said, it only lasted from August until January. So just this month, I quit. Mm. But that's mm. because I'm moving to Las Vegas. So I want to go find a similar easy job in Vegas. Definitely um, going where the people are. <laughs> right, right. Oh, Vegas is great, but it'll be a total upgrade from where I, from like I'll get a better house for half the cost. No way. way. I thought Vegas is really expensive, but okay. California. I live in Los yeah. Angeles and it's just like, Fair it's enough. like having two countries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just charge too much for everything. So let's get into uh, a couple of your stories. So what were you like, say, like when you were younger? Were you, did you know you were an introvert? Right. So no, but I was told a lot that I was shy or quiet. I was always getting asked to smile. And, you know, there's this family portrait of I'm the youngest of four and everyone in the portrait is looking directly at the camera, smiling, happy families. I'm just laughing because I, uh, my face, I can't look at the camera. The guy just would not, he couldn't get me to look at the camera okay. and he couldn't get me to smile. And I remember distinctly him telling me like, just think of something really happy. And I remember thinking I must be smiling. I'm thinking about going to, uh, I think it was like Disney World or something. And just in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm doing a really good job. But all the photos come out and I'm not smiling at any of them. I don't think I knew how to smile on commands. Like it just was not me. Wow. Um, But then I think throughout maybe high school years, I realized that I could get friends. I still found it difficult 
in groups of people and most of high school you're you're basically in groups unless right 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 you're in, yeah yeah and i was fine one on one so i would form friendships with one person um but it was through basically just comedy that i managed to make people like me and i just worked out that one by one i could knock people down <laughs> um, <laughs> oh that's it, good i, I like it, it. You, you i get them like my own then it's fine <laughs> um but yes yeah, you had to be like a comedic sniper like, yeah basically that was me um and wow I, I like that that maybe that's my new forget the creative introvert i'm the comedic sniper yeah so go. then in at university or college uh that's when I think I just loosened up a bit and realized, okay, people seem to like me well enough. Like, this is fine. Um, And I was surrounded by a lot of extroverts who kind of, I I wouldn't say that that made me more extrovert. I I didn't even know what an introvert or an extrovert was then. I just assumed I was more outgoing than I'd ever been. But that's when, um, so yes, skip through those work years where I didn't really Again, I didn't know what an introvert was. I just thought I'm finding work really hard. Um, And then when I was was freelancing and I was telling a friend about how I uh, really struggled at networking events, that I was fine for the first hour or two. But again, this like ridiculous feeling of I need to leave now. I have nothing else to say. Um, I just really want to be home. And it would just come over me like a really powerful wave. And he was like, oh, you're an introvert. That's why. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not really shy, am I? And he was like, well, no, that's not it. It's a, it's an energy thing. And right. that's, yeah. So that was how I found out about that. But yeah, I, I do think shyness is just a whole different ball game. And I definitely was shy. But I do think that shyness um, is something, it's just a social thing that can be not easily overcome, but I think overcome. Um and I'm really fascinated by confidence. I mean, I kind of hate that word. I don't think it's properly used. But this um, self-belief or whatever you want to call it, um, charisma, I think that is something that is learnable and practicable. Mm. Um, whereas introversion, extroversion, it's thought that that is pretty much how our brains are wired. And as much as they mm. can shift maybe over the years, yeah. I think they're pretty much, it, it just describes how we actually use our brain. No, I think you're right. Uh, and I have a, another friend who was a, a guest and his name is Steve Pavlina. He's a blogger and yeah. you know, he freelances. And he talked about how he was like you. He was like really, really shy and had a stuttering problem and would like just was really, really afraid of speaking when he was like young. And he's still an introvert, but now he does workshops, you know, so there mm. is hope, right? I mean, you just have to have a strategy, you know, and I think the best the best description when you say it's an energy thing mm is um, there was an introvert giving a talk in a class. And she was like, to me, an introvert has to use a lot of energy to mm-hmm. be uh, extroverted. <laughs> Whereas an extrovert speaking in and communicating energizes them. Yeah. It's like the opposite. So that's why I was confused when I went to podcast movement and I was just like overwhelmed and wanted to run and hide. Because <laughs> it felt like incredibly icky, and I so I don't know. Maybe there's like a 
just something inherently uh, different about that environment um, where everybody's mm. marketing and stuff that even makes me just feel like whatever this is, it's just too damn big. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really interesting. And I think it's, it's kind of, it can be unpredictable. Um, time in groups, like I went on a like mastermindy retreat thing last year and I was with a group of people for a couple of days, but I never felt um, drained at any point. And I thought, Oh, I'm going to need like a fair bit of alone time. I really just didn't need it. Right. Um, it wasn't. A, yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. So I think, um, I think it does vary uh, a lot. Yeah. Be yeah. prepared to be surprised basically. And I do think it <laughs> matters like who you're with. And some people are just naturally, um, I find to be energizing. Um, and they usually, no, I can't, it, there isn't even a, a rule to that. It's like, no, it's, it's yeah, indescribable. I think, I think, yeah, I've been, I had gone to lots of personal development workshops, you know, mm. and those are usually in the neighborhood of like a hundred, maybe 200 people max. Um, and in that environment, I felt fine, you know, yeah, uh, occasionally bored, you know, occasionally interested, you know, because the, the just de depending on the mode of presentation. You know, if we were mm -hmm. like doing something movie and uh, interactive and exercise like, then I was engaged. But if, if we're just sitting there looking at a slideshow, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, See, so I get that, you know, because they're they're trying to appeal to many different kinds of people. And I think that's wise because thinking about that in itself, like I start to like I, I always just want to leg it to the to the door but when somebody in a workshop asks us to do something that's interactive so you want to leave is, <laughs> yeah 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 like okay. i i kind of don't like those sure activities um i'm way more happy when somebody just like puts on a decent show and i can just sit back and pretend i'm not there so that is really interesting and i think that's um i, I think as events i'm seeing them becoming more of a like business model that people are kind of grasping onto um it's just worth like thinking about that like how can you appeal to different audiences right um for sure or like if if you know there was a tailored workshop you know okay introverts only please <laughs> how would that <laughs> right. look different right it um, would look no, completely different yeah interesting yeah because I would imagine like an introvert, I, well, I, again, I'm thoroughly just imagining, but anything that you guys like would probably bore the hell out of me. But like, you know, like give, it, give you an assignment, right? And maybe break you up in the little groups of three or four, right? Where you that can, sounds nice. Right, yeah. where you can go and like, you know, work talk out politely. a thing, talk politely amongst yourselves, work out a plan, and then the most extroverted of the bunch presents your results or something. That that might yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's interesting. What happens in groups of whether they're introverts or shy or quiet extroverts, it always there always happens to be one person right who sticks out as the um, the louder amongst them, and I right. think that would be an interesting experiment among like all introverts just to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not like planning on running experiments in introverts. Don't worry guys. 
Oh, well, let's talk a little bit more about like how you figured out that you could you could like help other introverts because that's got to be an interesting story. I don't know about interesting, but I do know that it, I <laughs> was not. I had been blogging anyway, and I just okay. really enjoyed that medium. Um, and I really do think that you kind of teach what you know, and you're always going to be a step ahead of someone. Um, but really, I think it came about just from me wanting to connect with other people going through the same thing. Right. And when we were all kind of like sharing problems um, online and just saying like, oh, you know, how, how do you deal with networking or whatever it is? I was like, oh, no, I feel like I can handle this. And uh -huh. I guess that's that's how it happened. I feel like the creative introvert itself has been, like, super organic. Like, i surprised I'm I'm here, um, <laughs> kind of in that position. But also just realizing, you know, like, if that – if people are, like, emailing you and saying, like, oh, this has helped me, then that's super encouraging and no, I'm going to keep huge. doing that. Right. That's yeah. Huge. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so it really just, you know, I'd like to say I, I'm a total chronic planner, but this is not something that I'd really planned for, but it's but something that the, I'm I really loving. A, yeah. That's a good indication that, you know, if people are already asking questions, then you're only like a couple of ticks away from asking for money. You know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a good test for whether or not you've got something that, you know, if they're going to give you money. <laughs> yeah. I think somebody, I th I was reading, um, Tim Ferriss's latest offering, um, tools of Titans and there oh, is right. a quote in it. That's it. like, Oh, um, you know, don't start a business unless somebody asks you to. Actually, in fact, that might even have come from Derek Sivers, but I, I loved that. It's true. It's the idea that yeah. the crowd kind of gives you. The permission. permission. Um, Correct. Yeah. <laughs> because anything you think of is, pro is, you know, hey, maybe people will give me money for this. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they want to give you money for the thing that, oh, look at that. It's the thing that comes easy to you right. and that you don't even see as a, as a thing. And that's, that's something true. that's also, yeah, I mean, circling back to what we were talking about before, but it's really interesting. And I think the more you know yourself, so dealing with like, introverts and like what it really means to be an introvert and um how your like like little preferences can determine how you spend your day and how you spend your life and what work you do I think that's um key and I, I can see how that could start playing out on a bigger scale you know what if all kids were able to be educated in in a way that um oh, suited right. their preferences that would right, be really right. cool yeah, because we have the education is definitely like wants everybody to be an extrovert. It's so messed up. I mean, again, it it's, it's that it's completely <laughs> extrovert environment, like 30 more kids in right. a room. Like, no wonder I was quiet at school. I was probably exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You have zero energy. You're zapped. After hour one, you're like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's let's like do something completely different like Monty Python's and uh, talk a little bit about you traveling to Japan because uh, Let. yeah. Right. So See, that's how did that happen? Yeah. And that was the first thing I did after I quit my job. I was like, okay, booking flights to Japan because it was a time that I, I knew I would have this extended time to, to travel. And um, it was the one place that ever since I watched, 
Pokemon as a kid, I was like, <laughs> I must go to Japan. Right. Um, and so I spent a few weeks out there and really did have um, the best time. You know, it really, it it feels like a country that really, I don't know, aligns with me. Um, and I, I feel like, I think the quiet politeness of mm, Japanese people in right. general, like that, you know, I went home and I was still like kind of bowing and saying arigato to everyone. Right. Like I, <laughs> I do that too. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so nice. It is. Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And just like the weirdness of it all. Like I, I love the little characters everywhere and, um, you know, Did you get a before. chance to watch any uh, TV, like um, in the hotel rooms? Or I anything? did. Okay, so one of my favorite things was the um, the morning exercises. <laughs> right. Oh, those are hilarious. That's so cool. <laughs> but like, why isn't that a thing? I I was like, I would do it in my hotel room, just like in hysterics, and then, right. um, yeah. And I think I managed to catch some like crazy cartoons. Uh, Mostly, probably- what what what. Uh, makes me laugh is the how much they're enamored with kawaii right oh yeah 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 on all the commercials and all the ads it's like and it's not just like young girls it's like everyone is saying that everything is like super cute it's like not i don't think dudes can get away with the kawaii do you not okay well maybe maybe not. not i don't know maybe they do I guess because I think the dude version of Kawaii is a little bit more just dorky, right? I don't, I don't yeah. know. But like, I, I saw this one commercial. Um, I think it must have been for I don't even know what the hell they were selling. But this mom and daughter were sipping this tea, and then at the very end, they would like do this heavy sigh, and then go. They would both go, <laughs> Kawaii. <laughs> Right. Like, oh, yeah, it's just hilarious how much. And oh, and, for everybody that doesn't know what kawaii means, it just means cute. Sorry. <laughs> and the other thing is um, how much like food programs there were. Oh, right. You know, that, like, that's a big thing. Like, I, definitely like the food porn thing. It seems to be. Food porn like, is huge yeah. over there. Yes. Um, right. But yeah, it it all just really um, fascinated me, and I could definitely spend a lot more time out there. Yeah. So, did you spend a lot of time on the bullet train, the Shinkansen? Um, we did because we. Uh, you I got the rail pass. I know that. Tokyo. Yeah, and I started in Tokyo. Spent most of my time there. Really fell in love with Tokyo. Um, but we did get. The, I think we got the Shinkansen to Kyoto. Nice. Um, that's a long ride, long really. There. Yeah, and I think that's why we did the bullet train then and we were like okay we'll get our like our money's worth if we do the right <laughs> we go the whole um, way right that was really cool um and yeah i don't know gosh it's, it's just putting the english train system to sh- i think the world train system to shame but it is like living um, in the future it's amazing right yeah and just like sitting down with like a bento box on this like look and, and the seats like i didn't know that the seats were going to be like super luxurious as well right it's uh, like being you know, on an the, airplane on the ground, but yeah, a fancy class. version, yeah. right? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Did you figure out that you could uh, you could book in and get a re- reserved seat for free with your rail pass? Yeah, I think we were encouraged because I was with, um, for some of it, I was with a tour group. So oh, we were perfect. Kind of like told yeah. little things like that. Yeah. But I remember when I was on my own being like, okay, I'm so glad I did that tour because I would not have understood the trains and like where you're meant to stand 
Right. Um, even though, like, when you know it, it makes sense. Right. Like, because everything in Japan, I felt, was actually logical once you understood it, like yeah. a Mac. Um, right. Computer. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's at first, it's, it's quite baffling, especially when, you know, there are a lot of characters and very little English. And, right. Well, yeah. thankfully, see, now, I basically, when I go there, I, I can just turn my brain off. It's, it's good and bad. It's good yeah. because I'm basically just resting my brain and, and I have the responsibilities of a three-year-old, but my <laughs> wife used to work for JTB. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, you know, kind of hang around and say, yes, I'd like some juice, you know, oh, things awesome. like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that must be surreal. That's so cool. It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I so- have to carry the luggage, you know, but other than that, <laughs> I, I don't have to think about where we're going. I just follow her. So where do you stay? Um, her parents live in a very small little village out in the boonies. It's about, takes about three hours on the trains uh, mm. from Osaka. Okay. So we go from Osaka to Kyoto and then Kyoto to Abarahi Station out in yeah. the middle of uh, Shigaken. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it is, uh, it's like... As rural as Japan gets. It's amazing. And it's freezing in that house. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I would like to do is really do the stretch of it. I I read a great book years ago. I can't remember the name of it, but if I do, I must let you know. It's um, a guy cycled, I think. I want to say, no, he can't have cycled. No. Anyway, he traveled from the very, very south point to the very, very north point um, Mm. of Japan. And Mm. I just found that just fascinating because the climate changes so much and there is there are just so many uh different like these crazy little villages that is, is like Every you can't even believe it is exists just amazing it's like being in a studio ghibli film it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that is one of the most fascinating little uh you know snapshots little polaroids of life that i so much like cherish because yeah. there are like my my wife does this whole thing where she like plans out the whole you know week for me right yeah so you know it'll be train 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 bus and then we have to wait here at, at these crossroads for like you know 30 minutes or so and we are literally in the middle of nowhere waiting for yeah. a bus you know and I'm looking yeah. around I'm like okay there's a 711 I could go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's like laying everything out. There's there's a stop if it's raining. I could go sit over there. And it's just, you always feel like it doesn't really matter where you are. You're always safe in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, felt very safe. And um, kind of like being in this dream world. Like you said, some of the places I went to, especially when I was on my own, I remember going to a place that was quite remote. um, And it just feeling like, there was it was a ghost town but then you get to your destination and it just it's perfectly then it comes normal to for life. Them. Right. <laughs> yeah yeah and there's like an onsen and oh mm, i love like, onsen oh my amazing. goodness there was this one place so um when i was we lived there so we but we lived way up north in aomori ken okay. um and there's this base. It's an American base. Oh, it's a Japanese base, but it's mostly an American base. That's where I was stationed. Um, there, around that area, 
there was this onsen, right? Mm-hmm. And it was called uh, Aoni, Aoni uh, Onsen. And its thing was there was no electricity. There was only uh, all the lighting was gas lamps. Wow. And if they had any electricity, it was, you know, like generator. But for the most part, you had to like, you had to have a gas lamp with you if you wanted lights. Something that I, I think in the UK or the United States, it would be banned because of fire hazard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there it's okay. And they they sourced almost all of the food that you ate that night um, from that mountain. And, oh, and, wow. the, and the cook would like give this long thing about each little thing that was on your, your own send plate. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, that, I love that experiences really feels, like that. Yeah. My, my worst, well, I wouldn't say this is a bad experience. At least it's a story, but I remember going, um, it was in like a, like a national trust kind of place. I was walking around, like exploring, um, the kind of foresty area and on my map, it said that there was what I thought was a spot. Like, yeah, an onsen was was around there. So I was like, okay, this would be cool. I've got my oh, swimming think... costume with me, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, not that that would matter. You don't really need one. Right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, so, and I found something that, you know, there was a little hut and there was what I thought was an onsen outside. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's open air as well. This is going to be amazing. Um, and the door was open. Well, I discovered the door was open because I didn't, I just walked in um, and it was a dude sat at a desk and I was just like, uh, crap, I don't know any Japanese. So all I said was onsen. And um, he was like, no, 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 home, home. <laughs> I had walked into the poor guy's house. It totally wasn't the thing on my map. I don't know what I'd done. Um, he probably, it was through a swimming pool for all I knew. Wow. Um, but I had totally um, intruded into this Whoops. poor man's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, lesson learned. Did he look um, freaked out or was he happy to see he, you? He he looked freaked out, but I probably looked more freaked out. Yeah. Wow. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> At least he knew how to say no home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 completely. Oh, that's um, that's I was thought, I was I thought you were going to say it was going to be one of those open open air uh, si- uh roadside ofudos because those do exist. What's that? Well, that's just, you know, it's like, it's like there's a, it's, it's not an onsen because an onsen is a little bit more built up hotel kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> around in Omoriken, there would be like places where you could go and it would be like for camping, but then okay. uh, up the street and alongside the road, there would be like this thing that you don't have to pay for, right? And there's no real facility. There might, there at this one place, it, all it was was a men's changing room and a ladies' changing room, and then and then kind of like you know like a little locker room, so you could go in there mm. and take off your clothes and then you know leave your stuff there and then go jump in the bath. And there's no building. <laughs> there's okay. just a bath, right? So all they've done is. They've made this sort of like uh, naturally concretey sort of bath, and then there's just this hose that's running up the side of up the mountain. Yeah, it was running up from the river, and that yeah. was where the the hot spring was, right? So there oh, was just this hose feeding this pool, making it hot. 
and people would bathe. <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah, that's cool. So that can I mean, actually can, happen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was looking for. That's like what maybe you were that was the thing for. that was marked on my map, but w- right. whatever happened, it was private property. <laughs> yeah. I love, um, I just love their priorities. Like the, the toilet seats um, we were talking about earlier, like right. these things are absolute thrones. Correct. Um, where as the houses are not so heated. <laughs> so right. The switch up on priorities, which um, it's always a fun experience for a Westerner. Yeah. Occasion um, or however they say it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I could, I can share too, because when I go home to visit my in-laws, Every room in the house has its own space heater. So you, when you get into the room, then you turn on the heater and it warms up and you're fine. But mm. the hallways are freezing. Yeah. <laughs> the bathrooms are in the hallway. So I, I really do appreciate the heated toilet seat. And the, the toilet that I use doesn't have the heated toilet seat. It's kind of a terrible. Bummer. And it doesn't even talk to you. Terrible. <laughs> I know. Well, thankfully, most of the nights were out on the road. So we only spend, you know, like the bookends visiting with my uh, my in-laws. So, yeah. so usually like two, three nights and then a big long like three, four night and then two, three nights and then I'm I'm out of town. So not so bad. And, you know, got to live a little, right? Definitely <laughs> roughing it in Japan. I love it. Yeah. What else were we going to talk about? I, there was another thing about Japan that I wanted to talk about. Oh, the nonsense, right? Yes. So one of my favorite things is going to a supermarket. Right. I, I feel like they are museums. You know, I spend half my time just like picking up the weird things. <laughs> okay. What could this be? Right. Right. Is it a vegetable or what is this describing in this language? I don't understand. And you see, um, so the nonsense you were talking about, like the idea that uh, they have these like advertisings um, on vans, stuff like that. That's when I think I noticed it quite a lot. And I can't think of an example, but I think I took a lot of pictures, like half my photos were just really isn't japan weird (laughs) brilliant but but very strange well Um, i guess they they have this cultural thing where they want to have english in their ads because then japanese people think whoa they spent a lot of money look there's english on these ads and they don't really care what it says Yes. They just look at it and go, oh, there's English on that ad. And there's also Japanese on that ad, too, that says what they need to know. So they're using English as decoration. It's decoration. Yeah, in the same way that I guess a lot of... Right. We probably have like a load of T-shirts. Right. We have like Japanese and Chinese, and they say silly things like toilet seat or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. But over there, when you can read it, then it's hilarious. Definitely. Yeah. Like... Uh, I remember I had a chair, uh, and it said like this fashioned for your outdoor life or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Just something. I love it. <laughs> just something. It's really charming a lot of the time. You're like, oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> it always sounds very naive, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's reminding me of the Simpsons episode. Have you ever seen the one when they go to Japan? Yeah. 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 And yeah. that basically explains it all. That was all it, I needed to know. And I was like, yes. Done. <laughs> It's so true. And yeah. and their version of slapstick comedy and uh, yeah. 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 You have to go. I mean, now that now that I've talked to you about it, I want to go back. Yeah. I, I'm constantly in the state of wanting to go. <laughs> All right. Cherry season coming up, guys. Get your tickets. 
I could talk to you forever, but uh, we've already talked beyond our, our an hour, so True. we should we should probably wrap this up. So you are Cat Rose, and your website okay. is wait a minute, make sure I get it right, thecreativeintrovert.com. And uh, if folks want to know more about what you've got going on there, uh, what's the best way to to reach out and touch? Yeah, well, it's all there. But um, I guess Twitter is a good way to talk to me. Um, I'm at Creative Intro. Okay, Creative Intro. Nice. All right. And there's also uh, a contact page on this website. That's how I emailed you, right? About that. There it is. Contact me. See, so there you go. About cat, I do enjoy me. emails. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the email address was hello, right? Yeah, yeah, I great. love that. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? Isn't that what everyone does? I thought that was really unoriginal of me, but okay. I don't know. I I think that might be the first time I've seen it. I've okay. seen me at. I like that. That one's a good one. <laughs> Maybe I'll change it just to, just to confuse everyone. <laughs> Yay. Why not? Well, you know, if, as long um, as it's clickable, people will click. Damn right. There you go. Thanks, Kat. Have well, you- thank you. It's been really fun. All right. I appreciate it. And uh, don't hang up. We, we have to change. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.